listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. Welcome to episode 116 of the Testudo Times Podcast, where I have to ask Thomas and Lamar, because I'm not in Washington anymore, in the Washington area, is the city still standing? The city is doing well. Um, we don't, you know, no, I don't think they are rioting just yet. It was a second round victory by the Capitals. Now, now hold on just a second. They slayed the dragon. They beat the big bad penguins. Washington hasn't done anything like this in 20 years. I thought there was already a parade down Pennsylvania Avenue. There might be a parade, but the, the team won't be there. So that'll be correct. kind of interesting to figure out. Oh, it's going to be like the UCF where national champions were holding a parade and the team's not there. <laughs> yeah, something like that. I would assume so, but I mean, last night on Twitter was one of the most entertaining nights on Twitter it's been in a while. Because even people who don't really care for Washington sports that much are like, oh my god, that actually happened. And again, I follow yeah, mostly was, hockey people, so I have to admit, like, no riding on Route 1, though, from Caps fans who are just like, thank god. Uh, I don't think so. Not not in College Park that I saw. Uh, I would be... You know what? We ride over everything. We can't be, say we could ride after we beat Duke. So I, I was assuming that might have caused it. But you know what? I, I have to ask because Twitter gives you one reaction, but never the reaction that is, is actually going on. Even Maryland tweeted something about it, which I thought was interesting. My favorite tweet definitely came from the Stanley... Uh, oh, yes. The Stanley Cup Twitter account uh, was like, penguins, we should see to other people. I'm going to tell you as a very big hockey fan, that's the first good thing the NHL has ever done on social media, ever. <laughs> it certainly yeah. seems like it, but, well, now there's only just eight more playoff wins to get, Washington. Don't worry, they're much harder than the first eight, I can tell you that. So... At least everybody has a team to root for now in the middle of spring in Washington, D.C. in sports that isn't soul-crushingly bad. I guess that's a change for once. And they deserve it. I've always been rooting for the Capitals, but anyway. Let's talk about Maryland sports. And because this is the spring, Thomas, we can talk about Maryland sports that are actually good. Both lacrosse teams are the number one seed again. This is a recording. Yeah. Um, this is kind of just an annual thing that we're doing um i like it though though no complaints yeah, with the, me. the women's team has made it six years in a row i don't think we've like hyped this up enough the last time that the maryland women's lacrosse team wasn't the number one overall seed in the ncaa tournament uh the like oklahoma city thunder hadn't reached the finals yet and i wasn't even a college student lebron james had never won an nba title yep and also, we were I mean, we were still months away from Mitt Romney, official GOP candidate. I'm not going like, anywhere near that. So, like it was it was a long time ago. I mean, six years doesn't feel like a long time ago. But again, let's think about this for a second. How dominant this program is. If somebody say was a number one seed in the NCAA men's basketball tournament six straight years, that would be utterly insane. Because even really good teams can't be number one seeds six straight years, or three straight years, let alone six. This is the kind of dominance that I don't even think Alabama could claim in football. 
Now, again, it's women's lacrosse, so it's basically us that cares about this, but six straight years as the number one seed is utterly and totally ridiculous. And I, yeah, think- I don't know if... I don't know what the UConn women's basketball streak is right now, but it's like, I That's think it's infinity. close. I think it's five or six. Actually, you know, we can check this while uh, you guys vamp. Do you want me to check mm. this for you? That is what Google is for. I so. know. I mean, but... this, is why we, this is why we also have the editing button on these podcasts, because I can do that for you. Uh, let's see. The last time they were not a number one seed in the NCAA women's basketball tournament was 2006. Do you know what oh, happened? In wait, a number one seed or the number one overall number one, seed? The number one, a number one seed. I don't know about the number one overall seed, but they, the last time they weren't a number one seed in the women's tournament was 2006. Do you know what happened that year in the women's basketball tournament? Yes. Okay, very good. Now, the number one overall seed, I, I don't know. I, I have to assume it's been, I can't imagine how long. Oh, it had to be the, the Baylor years. Oh, mm, like, true. That was as, that was as recently as twenty like thirteen. Uh, perhaps. Anyway, whatever it is, if the women's lacrosse team is insane and then they just go out and destroyed everybody in the Big Ten again, winning yeah. another tournament because that's just what they do. Yeah, I mean, even the you know Big Ten title game was very much out of reach before halftime. Um, and, and it's like, they were up 10 goals with 20 minutes left in the semifinal. And that was with Megan Whittle scoring one goal on nine shots in the game. And then Megan Whittle just throws up a career high, eight goals in the, the big 10 final casually, very casually. Wait, how close is she to the, the 300 that I just like threw out there? Cause we realized she couldn't get the record cause it had been broken. Um, I think she's knocking on the door of the 280, and so... Oh, my goodness. And she still has the entire tournament. Yeah, so as many as four more games. And four goals a game? I think, well, having having that... Yeah, I mean, having the one-goal game offset by an eight-goal game kind of puts you back on on notice. I mean, she had a couple quiet, quiet games. And then an eight-goal outburst. So, I might have to start keeping track of that through the tournament. I think you should. I saw that tweet earlier today. We'll be doing that. Swag. We're all on top of this. So let's go over the women's field. I saw that they were number one seed, but to show you how much I've been preparing for this podcast, even all throughout today when there has been no hockey to prepare for uh, at night, and the only NBA games are just walkovers, basically – uh, what is the tournament field looking like in terms of seeding, and where is Maryland most likely to get a test? Like, I don't even want to say that they could lose. They could. I don't think North Carolina is anywhere near this field, but a test is almost something I think that they would ask for at this point. Well, you'd be happy to know North Carolina is the number two seed. Oh, okay. So maybe that's when they'll get a test, but they can't meet until the national title game. Yeah. Um, some other things. So JMU, who Maryland beat, but who has only lost to Maryland this season um, is the three seed Um, Boston college who Maryland beat in the national title game last year, you know, who gave Maryland a decent test for a while in that game before turfs pulled away late. Um, They're the four they've only lost once. And that was in the ACC title game, the Carolina Stony Brook 
has not lost is hosting the Final Four is the number five overall seed. So Maryland could be playing one of those two in a national semifinal. Yes. Which that seems is, like good fun. Yeah, I mean, that. if that holds, obviously, that is going to be a very stern test in the Final Four, no matter who it is. And then, you know, pretty good chance it's, you know, Carolina maybe in the final, which obviously Carolina has beaten them in the final recently, mm-hmm. um, beat them this season. So, you know, it can obviously still go a lot of different ways, but, like, I think Boston College was unseated last year and made the final, so... Um, but I would be surprised that we didn't see Maryland um, up in Long Island for the Final Four. Who is their uh, – what's coming up for them in the first round and then in the quarterfinals? So in the first round, it is the winner of Denver and High Point. Maryland actually beat High Point quite a, quite easily um, so last like, uh, year in the first round. The Denver Pioneers and the High Point, I can't remember what their nickname is. I should know this, but I don't. I, sh- I should know this as well. High oh. Point. Are they Foxes? No, that's wrong. Well, we can always get that answer for you very shortly, I think. Uh, let me take a look. High Point, what's it called? I don't even know what conference they're in. Panthers. High Point oh, right. Panthers. I'll they're take Foxes as conference. close to that. Yeah, you were in the right uh, species. You're in the right genus, basically. Or I might have gotten that wrong, too. I'm sorry. If I did, I apologize. Anyway, close enough. So, I knew I don't the Denver know, I don't know Pioneers, the though. Genus. That one I knew off the top of my head. I had other reasons to know about that, though. Yeah. Um, and so, for, for quarterfinals, if they make, you know, assuming they make it, that is either Navy, Johns Hopkins, Fairfield, or Loyola, Maryland. Loyola is the seeded team in that. They're the eight seed. Um, I imagine Navy, Navy made the final four last year, I believe. And they, their coach is Cindy Chimchal, who was, who was Kathy Reese's, Reese's coach at Maryland. So that will be interesting. Storylines. Basically that's the Maryland regional. Everybody is Maryland school. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, last year, the final four was. Um, it was obviously Maryland and three coaches who were Terps or, and the other was, was Tim Shaw who coached all of them. So yeah, Maryland's kind of everywhere. If you can't beat them, take them basically. Yep. Yeah. Last year was Maryland, Penn state, BC and Navy was your final four last year. Not too bad. Not too bad. That tournament starts... God, it might just start in a couple of days. I think both of them start in a couple of days. I've got to get my... Uh, yeah, both of them right have playing games this week. Um, both games for Maryland are Sunday at home at the exact same time. Oh, why would they do that? That's terrible. Well, it's the second straight year that's happened, too. That's just not nice. Hey, why, NCAA, are you treating the best lacrosse school in the country like this? That's offensive to us. Well, let's talk about the guys first off. Uh, now that we finished with the women, uh, the guys are in a different position. They did beat Rutgers, but lost to Johns Hopkins. I feel conflicted because I'm glad they beat Rutgers, but I never like when Maryland loses to Johns Hopkins in lacrosse because I always like to gloat to the Hopkins fans. I told you I called D3 games for a school that is in the conference Johns Hopkins is for everything but lacrosse. So every time Maryland, uh, 
this school that I called played Hopkins, I always laughed because I would want to make jokes about how much better Maryland is at lacrosse than they are, but I never summoned the courage to actually do that because I wanted to be professional. So anyway, Johns Hopkins got revenge in the final and the big house is where the, the tournament was held, right? No, I mean, Michigan has all this space and it has its own lacrosse field. Oh, okay. Must have been a zombie town with Michigan not in it. Yeah, yeah, it didn't seem super exciting. Michigan wasn't in that and wasn't in the women's tournament, so. May want to host those things at places where they're more than likely going to be in the tournament, guys, next time. You hear that, Mr. Delaney? Okay, but Maryland lost in the Big Ten tournament final to Johns Hopkins, and yet they're still the number one seed in the tournament, which I believe now is the third straight year they've been the number one seed in the men's draw, which is also incredibly impressive. Yeah. Um, You know, it wasn't really a given whether or not they'd be the number one. Um, Yale seemed to have a pretty good shot at it, but lost in the Ivy League final to Cornell. And, Mm. you know, it's one of those, this is a year where it feels like any of the seeded teams can win the whole thing. Um, you know, obviously Albany beat Maryland, Yale, you know, was potentially going to be the one seed and then Duke and Hopkins are the four and five. So that um, is and Hop- Hopkins is presuming as hard Maryland as anybody right now. Four. Presuming Maryland gets to the final four and both of those teams adv- and either one of them advances. Uh, that's going to be a fun game for Maryland. Could oh, we, absolutely. If, from a final four game. We already have the hate built in. We don't have to build it up. Yeah. Um, and so, so that bracket can get interesting. Only, only Maryland and Hopkins made it from the Big Ten. Rutgers and Ohio State were both How many, uh, okay. kind of bubble teams. Uh, incidentally, uh, I know we make fun of Rutgers on the show a lot, and there's good reason to do so. How many times has Rutgers been wrongly left on the outside looking into the men's tournament? This is like it, four straight years. It's yeah, kind of not it's, fair to them. It's, it's one of those weird things because they've always got a good team, but they can't get over the hump in the Big Ten, and then... It's kind of hard when Maryland and Hopkins are always ahead of you. Yeah, and Ohio State, obviously, was the number three overall seed last year, made the title game. Yeah, Penn State had some ups and downs. I mean, it's hard, but they got to get in at some point, right, just by inertia. I love that Maryland just created this lacrosse power conference somehow. This is what... It's the only place that this could actually happen with Maryland. Like, they just magically created a lacrosse conference out of nowhere, and suddenly it's the best in the country. It's, it's, and and it's, it's so good that it somehow took an automatic berth away from the ACC. Like, the ACC could not find another school to play men's lacrosse. Like, that's how crazy it was. Why? There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Anyway, uh, Thomas, now, about the men's chances of repeating, as you said, this is a wide-open tournament, and... Well, my reading, I did more reading on the men than the women, which is uh, a problem, but that's, that's what I did, and I fully admit that. It is likely a wide-open tournament with so many teams that have so many good players, but all of them are flawed. So even though Maryland's the one seed, I mean, last year they were kind of clearly maybe the best team in the tournament. This year they might, not be the, they might be the number one seed, but I don't know if they're necessarily the best team in the field. I mean, they might be the best as far as ceiling goes. Um, you know, they're definitely not the most consistent. Um, they've had, you know, a glaring weakness on face-offs for much of the second half of the season. 
And that's not a good place to have weakness. Because you can't score if you don't have the ball. That would be correct. Um, You know, so they've been really up and down on face-offs. A couple other areas, so... And obviously didn't didn't win their conference tournament. So it it's not like it would be some horrible upset if they, you know, didn't didn't win. Um, you know, it's and even I would expect them to make it to, you know, at least to the final four. Um, you know, Syracuse and Cornell will probably play the winner, you know, they'll they'll play the winner of that game and <sighs> Syracuse both is of those teams, both of those teams are good. Yeah, both of those teams are good. Um, it, it's just a matter of Maryland's just got much more talent than either of them. I could definitely see that. I I haven't been paying attention in the ways I should to this season, but it's it's going to be wide open. And I think now that Maryland has the national title in its back pocket. Don't you think that kind of helps them in a tournament that's wide open? Like they don't have the pressure of not having won it for 42 years and being arguably the preeminent school for the sport. You know, it's definitely something that. Because I, I can imagine just less in the past. Pressure. I can imagine that. It's a, yes, less pressure. But I can imagine in the past. I'm not exactly a Maryland lacrosse historian. And I know some of you who listen to this podcast are. So if you do, you know where to tweet. You know where to put the comments at MassMusics1 if you want to tweet at me. Uh, you can tell me how many times in the past that Maryland has been a pretty good team in a wide open field, and that has, you know, when you have the pressure of not having won it and there's this huge amount of pressure to win it, you know, I can imagine that being in a kind of field like that this year, having already won it and having that weight lifted off your shoulders as a program, the, the players and coaches will never tell you that, but it certainly feels that way, at least to me. So we'll see whether that... That comes to pass, but as I said, hey, Syracuse Cornell. If Maryland is to win, I somehow doubt they will lose at home to who are they? Who is the opponent they're going to be playing? Well, the second game would be in Annapolis. Uh, Maryland and first game. First Morris. game is yeah. But that game, I have to believe, is over the weekend. I think what are they Sunday or Saturday? Both games Sunday. Both games Sunday. Okay, so. I don't know where the games are in terms of TV. I think ESPN, one of the ESPN channels is going to have it. I think ESPNU will have the games up until the final four. And for the women, I don't know where the women's game is going to be if you want to watch it. I think it. their game this weekend is on BTN. I wouldn't think so because ESPN doesn't pick up with coverage until the final four of the women's tournament. So if it's on BTN, there you go. Actually, again, we can check this because I have a cable subscription. Might as well do that while I'm at it. Again, this is the podcast of very lazily vamping. I don't... Well, what I see is college baseball being listed, and BTN will have it on a re-air, so I'm assuming it's on BTN+, Plus, which means if you're on campus, you could watch it. If not, sorry. You have to pay money for that. That's how I assume it's going, but... There's also student radio, and you can go to the game. Eh, I would advise doing that. So, good weekend for lacrosse. Uh, Lamar, unfortunately, the other sports that play in the spring aren't doing well. Ball is having a super down year, which was not expected, uh, especially coming into the season. You saw the coach change. You switch over to Rob Vaughn, but you bring back Marty Costas, and even with the attrition, you expect to have a solid season, and it just hasn't happened. Uh, at least softball has... Improved. They made it back to the Big Ten tournament this year. That's a good sign. 
What are they, 11th? The, uh, They're the 11th seed. That how starts, many teams make oh, it? Probably 12. I don't, I don't know. I think we did this last week, and I completely forgot what the answer to that question was. Yeah, it's 12 teams make it. There's 14 teams in the conference, and this is their first year not finishing in the bottom two of the conference since 2015. Well, that's at least a positive change. Trust the process. Yes, absolutely trust the process. So uh, History will be retweeted. Yes, it will. We're, we're, does Sam Hankey incidentally have, like, burner Twitter accounts? I hope he does. Sam Hankey is really the GOAT. Uh, he, he should have a job, but that's the side. That's, that's another the discussion pro- for another podcast. Uh, yeah, he could be Maryland's director of basketball ops. How about that? Uh, anyway, Thomas, why do you think it's gone so wrong for, uh, well, softball, it's been a struggle building that program up. That's just been one of the areas that they've just not been able to get any traction. But why do you think baseball struggled as much as it has this year? It seems like, well, I mean, pitching has been up and down. Starting rotations have been okay, and then but then they've been hurt. Uh, bullpen really hasn't been that good all year. And really a lot of the offensive players that were expected to be really good are having down years. Costas is having a down year. Um you know, guys like AJ Lee, Will Watson haven't really been what you know we might have thought they would be. Uh, guys like Taylor Wright, who came in, who was the cleanup hitter on opening day, I think he's still hitting around 200. Um, Nick Dunn has been fantastic, but you know, one guy does not an offense make. And, Absolutely. Yeah, and so just it's never really gotten going in a really positive direction for any sort of long period of time and you know that's been tough do you think this is a long-term problem or is this just sort of a blip on the radar because the last couple of years they've actually been a consistently decent program like one that can and has done well in the ncaa tournament yeah i'm not sure um you know the recruiting classes have been very good in the last few years so you know as you know, as those players continue to develop, you know, I think a good amount of this year's team will be back. Um, Dunn should go to the draft. You know, the beyond, Kevin Beyondick, the starting first baseman and, like, actual best relief pitcher, um, he won't be back. I think Taylor Bloom's a senior. But, you know, a lot of that team will be back. So we'll see probably next year if this was, you know, an aberration or, you know, things just aren't going in the right direction. We should say that when John Sheff got this program to the NCAA tournament, Maryland baseball was just a thing that Maryland played because it kind of had to, but it wasn't really good. Like, he took that team from nothing and turned it into something, and that's hard to do, right? And then he had to move them into a new conference, and that makes it all the more harder. And the ACC is a pretty good baseball conference, so too is the Big Ten. They're not exactly slouches, but this is not a sport that Maryland has a ton of pedigree in. So to get that program up to where it was was impressive. And naturally, when you lose a coach, you're going to take a step back, especially one that did as much for a program as John Sheff did. So hopefully it's not a sign of a long-term trend, but it's just a blip, and then they could get back next year. But... We have to unfortunately wait to next year to find out. So that's your spring sports. Some good and some bad. 
let's talk quickly about basketball. There are not a ton of things to get to, but there always is something. And Lamar, the first of which is Kevin Herter and Bruno Fernando and Justin Jackson, incidentally, but that doesn't matter because he hired an agent. They were all invited to the Combine, and because the number of players declaring for the draft early is the insanest number of insane you've ever seen. I mean, there are 60 players that get drafted every year, and I think the number of available entrants for the uh, Combine is, what, 300-plus? You can correct me. I haven't looked that up. But they both made it to the Scouting Combine, and that's good for their draft stock, but probably doesn't tell us very much. Yeah, an insane number of people entered the draft this year, and Herder and Fernando both getting... Combine invites is great for their uh, draft stock, but then you also look at the amount of underclassmen who declared with agents and are on the outside of the uh, draft combine looking in, which in regards to Justin Jackson, he is very fortunate that he is there, um, especially with he was there last year. There was uh, And he like missed the entire season. There was a possibility that he wouldn't necessarily get that invite, but you, you still see that there's an interest in what he's doing. Um, but you look at the number of people who declared and aren't invited to the combine, and you have to think something is on the way in terms of a change in how we do the system. Well, um, of course, the one and done rule is done. Yeah, it's just not not, not just the one and done rule, but yeah, there has to be a, a change on the way soon of just how we make these people make these kids like eligible for the draft. Um, but I, I don't know about you, and maybe this is me spitballing, but. It's two-round draft, and NBA rosters are, what, 15 players? And yeah. now they're signing players to two-way contracts. And this is tangentially Maryland-related discussion because more good Maryland players are going to declare for the draft in the future in a new system. Why don't they expand the draft around? Um, I think that that may end up happening Like because once we figure out what's going on right now. Bash them in say the G League or something or you could hold their rights if they play in Europe or somewhere else or god forbid go to the NHL and MLB model or the NHL model which I think is the best one where you could draft a player they could play in whatever league they want or college and you have your rights for a certain amount of time before you have to sign them or you could go back into the draft or you could trade their rights for something expand the draft because when you uh, have what how many players do you know what the exact number is of how many declared for the dra- uh, the combine it's- it's, uh, it was somewhere number. around 180. It was That's it was crazy. too it was way too large. It was way too large for the amount of spots for the combine, and then there definitely is a change on the way in terms of the system. I like the MLB model, but I, I haven't looked as much into the NHL model, so I, I, can have, tell you, I can't speak I can on tell that. You, I can tell you as a big hockey fan, and this is a, again, it's a tangentially related discussion. Like what happens is you could draft players from all different leagues. There's Canadian Junior Leagues. There's other Canadian junior leagues. There's three major ones and then a bunch of smaller ones. They're the USHL. There's you could draft players who are already in college. You could draft players from European leagues. You could draft players from high schools. You've got all different places you could draft them. And of course, not every player immediately goes to the NHL. And you don't have to sign them immediately. And that's a model I think that would work in the NBA really, really well. But you can't have 180 players declaring for the draft and being you know, wanting to go to the combine and then having what, like 80, 90 getting invited. It's entirely 70. Yeah. 70, 70, including alternates. So that's crazy. um, Yeah. But back to the 70, getting back to the original point is a, is a good piece of news for Kevin Herter and Bruno Fernando and Jackson for their 
draft stock, it means that they are very highly thought of, but they could still have very poor performances at the Combine. So, yeah, Justin has to show everyone he's healthy. That's his biggest thing because, like, knowing his intrigue and his downfall is that no one has seen him since December. So if he comes out looking really healthy, like he's the he still has all the fundamentals is the player that we essentially think he can, we can, he can be like late second round pick. He's not the prospect he was a year ago because you now know that he can't shoot. He's not a 44% three point shooter, but whatever. Um, for Kevin and Bruno, Kevin is definitely more looking at next year's draft from what it seems to be like he's project. He could be a second round pick this year, but everyone has also seen him, progress over the last two years and another year at Maryland where he's like the bonafide star and like featured in that backcourt would do great for his draft stock. It was the ideal plan for Justin this year. Um, and Bruno is a coin flip. That is, he's the coin flippiest of the coin flips. Like he is a true 50%. Um, and it all depends on how he does at the combine. So it was a shoe in that he was going to get invited because He's athletic How as all hell, so you can't. Ten big guy who has that kind of raw. He dunked on everybody this season. What? Um, now, now, hold on just a second. I just got a thought into my head that might sound sacrilege. If he goes to the NBA next year, and let's hope he doesn't for our sake, but if he goes to the NBA next year and he dunks on Joel Embiid, what happens? Do we all just like advance to becoming higher beings or something? I'm buying. Well. I, I don't know. Joel because might have to retire would, real quick. He would have to. He will try to dunk on Joel and beat, and he will not care. The thing is, I feel like Joel would, like, get dunked on and just, like, immediately look at him, respect him, and they just, like, ascend as higher beings together, and we wouldn't even see him play ever again. I, I imagine that could possibly happen, but I, I'm just imagining a world in which that happens, and then I, I, I think as all Maryland fans— we could claim Bruno Fernandez, even if he plays one year in Maryland. He's, he's ours, and he clearly loves the school. Yeah, so. he, he loves the school. He stayed around. So, like, he like that's why he's the hardest to project because he has, like, done everything that makes it seem like he really loves the school, wants to come back, but, like, you also can't turn down a first-round draft grade. No. Like, that's guaranteed money. No, and this is why the NCAA's model is broken. But, yeah. I mean, just the idea of Bruno Fernando dunking on Joel Embiid, and I have nothing against the Sixers. I've got nothing against the process. If that ended up happening, that gif would probably be etched on my tombstone. It, it would be, oh, I wouldn't have anything left to say. I said, I've seen the best moment in sports history. <laughs> I've seen it all, and that's it. I don't have to see anymore. Thomas, I don't want to leave you out in this discussion. Uh, I'll get to you in a, a couple of seconds about some other basketball isolated bits of pieces of news. But uh, what do you think about the comp? I don't think there's much changed in terms of their combine stock or their draft stock. But the fact that they're two of the 70 that got invited and there are 110 or something that didn't tells you that these are still very good basketball players and there is interest in them. Yeah, so uh, everyone is interested in Kevin because he's versatile. Um, and he's, he's shown like that type he, of the modern NBA. Yes. And the same in a way for Bruno. So the, honestly, the biggest surprise out of those invites was Justin It's like Kevin's surprising. Cause like he declared late, you weren't sure if he was going to get an invite, but like when you think about it, it makes sense. Justin's like, was the biggest wild card. Like, and it would have 
people are, have called him entering like the biggest mistake. Goodman said that, and like Jeff Goodman uh, said that like his was entering with an agent was like the biggest mistake of the early entry period, which like may turn out to be true if he does nothing and ever probably was, but at the same time he he pro- he is the player that he is right now, and like he you can't realistically see another season him at Maryland increasing his draft stock that much. Uh, he's already 21. Um, but, like, the fact that he got an invite to the combine means that he's able to show that he belongs and, like, go Maryland for that. I don't know. Uh, okay. Thomas, do you have sure. any thoughts on these matters before we get to other minor basketball things? Um, not really anything new. It's The combine's next week, I think I'm safe in saying yes. Yeah, I believe it starts the 16th. Yeah, that would be a week on the from 20th. when you're hearing this podcast, which is next Wednesday. Yep, and ends on the 20th. Okay. I remember um, one of my roommates last year was in a group project with Justin Jackson, and the presentation day was on the first day of the NBA Combine. So oh, anyway, Justin Jackson, was not, Justin Jackson was not at this group presentation. Oh, no. Well, I was in a class with Des Wells. I must have told this story on the podcast before. It was one of those stat classes that all journalism majors have to take. Y'all know what I'm talking about, but yeah. I don't even remember what the number was. But Des Wells was in that class, and I could swear on my life that he was watching Michael Jordan highlight videos during most of that class. I wish I had the courage and was Des Wells to do that myself. Go after your dream. You gotta, you gotta visualize. <laughs> you gotta visualize your dream, and. He would go up to the professor, which was some stat assistant, all I'm like, I'm not going to be around. And the stat assistant was like, why? And I'm just sitting there looking like, I know why. <laughs> and I think everybody else knew why. I also, did I ever tell the story about Perry Hills in one of my freshman sociology classes where we had a substitute professor one day? It was in October, right after he tore his ACL. And the substitute professor came in. And Perry Hills came in on crutches with other football players, and the substitute professor was like, "What happened to you?" And everyone in the in the in the student the whole big auditorium for this freshman sociology class—I don't remember what the number was—but y'all probably took it too. All just put their hands in their face simultaneously. <laughs> those are my two athlete stories in classes at Maryland, but I always love those stories because they're really funny. Now, Thomas, uh, Maryland has uh, hosted recently a traditional transfer, not a grad transfer. And someone transferred out of the women's basketball program, if you would like to talk about those things. Yeah, so we'll start with uh, the women's basketball transfer, Asia Ellison. Um, you know, this is the third grad transfer in as many years from Maryland. Uh, she'll only have one year left. I was kind of surprised to see Texas A&M, which is, oh, good you know, that's a pretty, that's a program that's won a title this decade. Um, it's also a program that has two insane NCAA tournament comebacks in the last couple of years, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out. Um, you know, she kind of, she's, we talked about this a lot, like during media day, she was originally in communication, switched over to broadcast journalism. And so like, you know, I see her in the journalism building a lot. And like I saw her, yes, you know, this week, and obviously then the new co- news comes out that she's transferring. It's like, oh, okay. But I think a lot of people have kind of seen this coming. Um, but you know, now we know what her next stop is. 
And, you know, I don't think it really changes too much for Maryland next year because they are keeping most of their, you know, post players from this season and they're adding to. Mm-hmm. So, um, just you know, it's game. we've seen that happen. Yeah, I mean, see all the transfers, that's especially one of, three straight years, but numbers games can often be a bit tough. Yeah, I mean, and just for the player, you know, they've graduated, they'll be able to play elsewhere immediately and, you know, actually, you know, get the chance to play. Like, she has, I think she scored less than a point a game this year. Mm-hmm. And as for the transfer, the traditional transfer that Maryland, the men's team, is looking at, yeah, is it is it Anthony Tark? Anthony Tarky, one of those, one of those uh, names. But me, Anthony Tark. 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 I mean, Tarky yes, is okay. interesting. Uh, that's got to be a silent A. Has to be. Yeah, a it is. A. It okay. is. Thank um, God. Yeah, so it's it's him and this kid from Pitt named Parker Stewart who are both being looked at. Uh, Tark is visiting. Um, today, as you're listening to this. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those two guys are sort of wings who would be able to sit one and play two. Uh, both guys, theoretically, would be Kevin Herter insurance for if he leaves after his junior season. I think um, we can say, even at this point, it's way too early to say, but the odds are he probably is. Yeah, I mean, a lot, you know... It seems the, to be the Maryland way. Test and then leave the next season. Can't argue with that. This is this is a smart 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 plan. Can't can't knock it, to be honest. I, I wouldn't I'm not knocking it either. It just means we get less of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, more of them in the pros though. I don't know. We'll see. I mean it gives me more reason to pay attention to the NBA because I'm not the world's biggest NBA fan, but more Maryland players that are in, the more I will care. <laughs> I, I, I say that as somebody who has always professed to like in college basketball more than the NBA, and you can kill me on Twitter if you want, but I will fully admit it. Thomas, did you have anything to add on that? Um, not really. That's, I mean, those, those two guys, you know, for, for the moment, Maryland has only one scholarship open. Um, I'm kind of surprised that, that seems to be the direction they're going in rather than you know, trying and get a big man, but... You know, if Bruno leaves, they'll probably find some last-minute fix there. But so where in Europe is this player going to come from? Let's take a bet on the country. Uh, let's go with Finland. Why not? Finland. Okay. <laughs> I I am very partial to Finland for hockey reasons, but I'm okay with having a Finnish player on. I I don't Maryland. know. That's very random, and I don't you know. You just if, threw a dart. Are... Hey, Laurie Markkinen happened, so I'm totally okay with Finland. I like Finland a lot. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I have no I mean, qualms with I'm Finland. Just re- I'm just ready for, uh, you know, the you Finnish. Po- I'm, I'm just ready for the finish at the rim post. Uh, oh, my God. Christ. <laughs> now, you have not just made the worst pun that I've seen tonight. I've seen that in other places that are puns that are worse. So you're, you're, you're off the hook, sir. Uh, uh, Lamar, what country would you like to see that uh, Maryland's next surprise player come from? Um... I am going to go. I don't know. I I don't have like a good like 
throw at the dart, so I'm going to make an educated guess. Where's the place they grabbed uh, Tchaikovsky and to make from the uh, that academy? He'll probably that grab some kit from Canary there. Islands, which the is Canary Spain, Islands. Which is in Spain. I'll go Spain. Tchaikovsky is from, what country was Michael Tchaikovsky from? Slovakia. Yes. Yeah. I'm saying somewhere in that academy. I don't know what country they'll be from, but I'm guessing that's where. Okay. That's a perfectly reasonable explanation. So in Maryland's history, they have had, at least since I've started following the team, they've had players from Ukraine, Bosnia, Croatia, Mexico, the Canary Islands, Slovakia. Have I missed anything? Because I feel like I probably have. Tostado is Mexico. I said Mexico. I said Mexico. And yes, Canada. Canada. So that's seven. Uh, and since I'm trying to think of Angola, Angola is eight. Yeah, I mean Angola, obviously. Oh, uh, Nigeria, Obi. Oh, yep. Okay, nine. And uh, so that's nine countries. And now my tenth different country. I'm gonna throw a dart at a board. I would like to say Slovenia, but you know that guy's going to the NBA draft, so I don't think we could get much more out of Slovenia. I think we've exercised our quota of great hockey players and great basketball players from the country of Slovenia. So I'm going to say Italy. Why the hell not? Also, the women's team now has a Slovenian. Yes. Good point. So. The connections are there. Maybe we can only have one. I don't know if it's we can only have one Slovenian or if it's. Well, I went next door to look. For, bring the party. Uh, another, I, I went to next door to Slovenia to find another <laughs> another player. So I went to Italy. I mean, why not? Since Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup in soccer, I guess everybody has to play basketball now. Yeah, that's definitely how it works. Oh, it, it's absolutely how it works. I can tell you having worked for somebody who writes about Italian soccer. Anyway, uh, have I missed anything? I don't think so. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, next week, tournaments, combine. By the end of this month, we should have a good idea. I mean, the combine will be over the NBA, and we'll know who is going and who isn't, and the recruiting period for basketball will be done. So we're only now a couple of weeks away from that. It kind of snuck up on you. And yeah, I mean, there's still a lot that can happen, you know, between now and then. But, of course. You know, most of the dust has settled for the most part. Oh, there are a couple of other things. Well, if you care about basketball opponents, I think we talked about the Big Ten opponents for Maryland basketball a couple of shows ago. But they added another out-of-conference opponent, Hofstra. Hooray. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was... Oh, go, vaguely, go I was vague, I was somewhat pleasantly surprised to see Marshall a couple weeks ago yeah. pop up. Marshall made the round of 32 this year. That, um, does that help their RPI? Maybe, I, possibly. I'm still underwhelmed. What are, what are we at? Half of the non-conference games that we have, uh, the Gavi games is going to be a Big East opponent, opponent the Big Ten, ACC. Town, probably not the one <laughs> So this is let's just hope that the Gavi games and the ACC challenge bring like good opponents because the out of conference strength of schedule is still not not just like bad it, like it's the reason why the team doesn't seem as like they're not as into it near the end of the season as they're not like clicking earlier. Uh, as you, you got to test yourselves. Will, and as you say that Lamar Maryland will now play Wake Forest and DePaul. Sorry. But oh, also, my God. That was scary. I thought that was serious. It's not serious at all. It's a joke. <laughs> I, like, I, like, sighed to myself, and I was like, wait a second. 
Wait, how, Lamar, how many of these have you been on? You know I joke like that. Very fatalistic. I should also say there's a good uh, piece on Blogging the Bracket, SB Nation, about uh, preseason, uh, preseason, early season tournaments and how Maryland isn't in one. Which I always wonder, and because I read this article earlier today, I always wonder why Maryland aren't in these tournaments. Because they've been in the Cancun Challenge, which is, saw them play Illinois State. They were in the Niceville, Florida tournament, which had its consolation game streamed on YouTube with no commentators and two camera angles. So I, I just that always want Oh, that was one of my favorite things ever. I'm never going to forget that game as long as I live. But, I'm just happy because I didn't have to watch the Penn State game in person because of that game. Yes. Oh, well, again, the story from that game, and Thomas told it, is how many people in the Maryland section of Press Row were watching that hooky stream instead of watching the football game. And the CBS Sports uh, score tracker that I was looking at for the football score, when Maryland tweets came up, they were all basketball tweets. Favorite <laughs> story for Maryland football from last year, obviously. But the fact that they're not in the tournament and there aren't many spots available for tournaments, I mean, it's concerning. I have no idea why they're not in these tournaments. I guess it's a Turgeon thing. But, you know, I'd like to see them play in the Maui Invitational or some early season tournament at some point. But I guess we, complaints fall on deaf ears. But anyway, somehow, somehow... We've had a podcast where there hasn't been much to talk about, and my clock says there's 47 minutes. That's the greatest Testudo Times podcast I could ever give you, where there isn't the most amount of stuff to talk about, but we still made it happen anyway. That's good quality podcasting. Enjoy the uh, lacrosse stuff on Sunday. Uh, enjoy baseball and softball. Softball in the Big Ten tournament, of course, as well. And hopefully... We will have a show for you very soon, presumably after the combine is over, when we know more about the draft stock for Maryland players. But until then, of course, go Terps.